on 89.9 The Light. You're in conversation with Clayton, and my guest is Danielle Selamaya. She's the author of the new book, Summertime, Reflections on a Vanishing Future. It's great to have you with us, Danielle. Thanks, Clayton. Thank you for having me. It's so good to have you here. Um, let's t- start by a little bit about you. Uh, many may not know uh, too much about you, but you've written a number of books in the past, correct? Uh, I have. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, always a question of which part of me you want to know about. Uh, so seeing you spoke about the books, I guess I'll talk about the academic dimension of me. So I'm a political theorist. My focus has been on human rights. Uh, nowadays, I work at the interface of issues of justice for humans, for the environment and for animals other than humans, which are a field I call multi-species justice. So in the past, I've written books on torture, on political apologies. Um, and I, my work, even though I'm officially a political theorist, I've tended to work uh, between philosophy, political theory. I do quite a lot of theology in my work and also sociology. So I do some empirical work and some philosophical work. Um, and then me more personally, I, um, I live in an intentional multi-species community on the south coast of New South Wales. So we have a bunch of um, animals, I guess you call them rescue animals that we live with, but also lots of native animals and rainforest and river. And then family-wise, I'm the daughter of Holocaust survivors. So um, issues, questions of justice and cruelty uh, run through my veins. So I come to topics around uh, human and animal and environmental justice with a, a long prehistory, you might put it that way. Yeah. Well, that was actually going to be my next question uh, around uh, where did that start from? And I, I suppose I'd still like to ask it, is this something that uh, this idea of wanting to a study and then also talk into it, uh, they're two different parts, which seems like you're very much wanting to do both, um, of justice and, and these various areas. Was it something that um, as much as you always brought up into to understanding and talking about that, that you always knew you were going to be a part of even from a small child? Or was it something that later on in life you said, oh, okay, well, this has been a part of my world and now I'm, I'm really going to push into it in these specific areas? No, absolutely. It was the former. So uh, it was very, uh, you know, a lot of conversation in my family about issues of justice and my father used to say that there are two types of people who come out of the Holocaust, people who say this must never happen again and people who must say, who say this must never happen again to us. And he would say to me, and you need to be the former type of person. So a much more universalist conception of justice, although in my own life um, I've certainly taken that further in the, in the imagination of my forebears that was primarily around justice for humans, but all humans. Uh, but I think in our age, it's now very clear that justice has to go beyond the human. So this imperative to work uh, towards greater justice in uh, one dimension or other was very clear to me from the beginning of my life. Um, when I was a little, you know, a wee thing, I used to say that I wanted to be an international lawyer before I knew what that was. Um, and then I spent a brief period wanting to be a vet, which actually I think I kind of still do want to be a vet. I try and bring them together in my life now. Um, but I certainly always felt uh, called 
and obliged, I think is, is a better way of putting it. I felt obliged, but a positive obligation, not a burden, a sense that that was what I was here to do. Yeah. A little bit. And not, I don't want to be grandiose at all, but that was my little bit. That was my little piece in the world. Yeah. It's wonderful, isn't it, that so often as we, we grow into things, we find that people get to a stage where they either say, well, this is actually what's been sort of forced upon me and now I'm going to run away from it, or this is actually what has been a part of my world and now I'm choosing it. Um, and I think that's, it's, it's been wonderful yeah. to, to see that. Uh, this book, Summertime, has uh, certainly got a bit more of those elements around the justice beyond just humans that you've talked about. Uh, is that a fair way to summarise this book as the the point of the book uh, to highlight various justice beyond that or, or other aspects? Uh, the book has, uh, I mean, I should say first, I, I was living in the midst of the fires, of the Black Summer fires, um, along with the other beings I share this world with. Um, we were threatened for a long time. Uh, we were fortunate this time, in, and I mean we in a very narrow sense, we were spared um, millions of animals. As, as you know, um, billions, three billion vertebrates were killed um, and millions of hectares of trees, forests, ecosystems. Um, but so being a, a philosopher, being a writer and living uh, amidst this, one of the things that I did as well as evacuating animals and trying to save the land was I wrote. Um, so I started writing about it uh, initially while it, was while it was happening. I wrote a few pieces while it was unfolding. Uh, and then uh, when, when I was approached to write a book about it, then this question became, well, what, what is the book going to be about? What's the work that the book is going to do? And I see it doing a few pieces of work. Uh, someone asked me the other day, uh, are people only going to realise uh, the gravity of the catastrophe that we're facing when the fire is literally at their door? Um, and this book is my attempt to answer no to that question. Uh, so I've tried to write it in a way that brings people right up close to the actual experience, uh, the terror, the grief, the rage, the love as well, the love, the deep love that I felt for what was under threat and I continue to feel for what was under threat. So that was one of the purposes of the book. Um, and another which uh, speaks more directly to your question is it was very apparent to me that we are not alone. Human beings are not the only ones who are facing uh, the impacts of climate change, uh, all of these other beings around us are also trying to navigate uh, worlds that are unravelling, whether it's uh, tree ferns in drought or um, uh, little ground animals uh, when there's no water in the ground or if it's koalas um, who normally run up trees to get away from fires, but when the fires immolate the entire forest have no option. Uh, so I tried to write the book not about animals or about trees, but from this place of here we are all earth beings together, having an experience of what it is like to live in this world as it changes in very rapid and violent ways. Uh, so to start to have us think much more about the other beings who are also suffering along with us and often much more, much more bravely. Yeah. Um, 
as you go about your work and I suppose your passion, uh, which is here uh, joined together, uh, how do you find and uh, I suppose approach and discuss with people around that? I'd imagine there'd be a fair few people that say, well, look, let's just look after the people and the animals and the environment. We just sort it out. I, I know there's a broader conversation around climate change, but an actual acceptance of, hey, there's actual different beings here which are, are working together. Are there certain points that you seem to come across regularly and so you, you're you able to answer some of those sort of initial and, and first points that people put forward as opposing ideas? It's a very, I, I think, having having conversations about anthropocentrism and having conversations about justice for beings other than animals is a tricky business. And so the first thing I'd say, it would depend on who I was speaking to and the context in which I'm speaking. Um, I'm I'm fairly loath to have headbutt arguments with people um, and issues around uh, animal rights and environmental rights uh, have become deeply politicised in this country and there's a tremendous amount of money being made in media outlets from exacerbating those conflicts. So I try not to feed into them. Um, it becomes part of the culture wars and I so I try and be a little bit smarter to go around them in different ways that doesn't mean that I don't speak for principle when I think it's important and when it needs to be said I'm not shy of saying um, I'm sure you can tell I'm not shy of saying what I think um, but uh, in this book this book it exemplifies a different approach where instead of lecturing to people I'm just telling a story I'm telling a story about what happened I'm telling a story about the beings who I know intimately and with whom I live and what happened to them and how it was for them. And my aspiration is that when you just tell a story that provokes empathy, compassion, uh, porosity to ideas that if you spell them out as principle, like animals also have rights, people are going to be resistant but if you can sneak up on them sideways if you want with something that they're just there listening to, having a, an emotional response to as well as a political response, then the conversation can be more porous and more open. Um, I'm not always very good at that. Sometimes, particularly uh, after the fires, I felt full of rage um, and I wasn't, very, I wasn't very adept at having those more subtle conversations. Uh, but, you know, we are all here together and we will fall or we will survive together. And I think that if you look at something like, you know, animal agriculture um, and the sort of the deforestation that that's bringing about, the harm to human health and, and simultaneously the suffering of animals, there are places where there's this convergence of interests and that's where I like to think we can build out from. In terms of um, reactions to the book, what has been the reaction? Have, have those conversations been opened up because people have read it? Have you? What's the feedback you've been getting? Look, it's really early. The book has only just come out. Um, but the book was based on three pieces or three pieces that I wrote during the fires that came out on the ABC uh, 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 in a different form. They reappear in the book. So... I had the responses to those pieces and the responses were quite extraordinary, particularly to the piece that I wrote about Jimmy and Kate, two of the pigs um, who I live with. Kate was killed in the fires. And I actually wrote, that was a very, very personal piece. And I wrote that with no 
absolutely no aspiration that it would be very widely read. It was by far the most read piece that I've ever, ever written. And the sort of response that I got from people and not just from the usual suspects, you know, people would write to me, come up to me, talk to me about it, people who felt deeply, deeply moved just by being present to the trauma that these other beings experienced. Um, so, I, you know, so far, you know, who knows when you put yourself out into the public sphere, you can't predict the responses that people are going to have. Uh, but so far, I think the personal nature of the book, the intimacy of the book, um, has has made it possible for people to to feel quite close to it. So so far so good. Um, you know, come back to me in a year and let's have another conversation about how it's been, how it's landed. It's wonderful. Well, Danielle, we appreciate uh, having some of your time today just to uh, talk a bit about this and to to talk about this topic, and especially as we you know, head through another summer and into to not more hotter months. And as we think about fire and the, the impact of climate change occurring, uh, it is important to have these sorts of conversations. So we wish you all the best with the book Summertime. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. I really appreciate having the time to speak to you and your listeners about it. Thanks. Danielle Asselemeyer, she is the author of the book Summertime here on 89.9 Delight.